never looked at really like, what are my values? Like what are driving all these decisions? It seems so random. And so got really clear on what my values were and how I was pursuing them in the world. Like in some cases skillfully, in some cases less skillfully, kind of thinking through how I might make some more meaningful choices for myself. The choices Jenny Tranter made in her early career days had a feeling of randomness. But after getting coaching and learning to look for the underlying values, she realized she had always been seeking beauty and ways to help and connect deeply with others. Find out how making that realization and grounding decisions and values can lead to where you need to be, at least for the moment, on today's Roads Taken with me, Leslie Jennings Rowley. Today I'm here with Jenny Tranter and we are going to talk about hopping and skipping and stumbling into what wholeness looks like, I think. And so it is lovely to see you, Jenny. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So Jenny, I start these conversations with the same two questions every time. And they are, when we were in college, who were you? And when we were getting ready to leave, who did you think you would become? Such rich questions. And what a way to take us all down memory lane and <laughs> um, like feel into how much has happened and changed. Um, who was I in college? Well, I think I arrived at Dartmouth having been a pretty shy academic kid and kind of decided that I was going to be really social and outgoing and try kind of on a new persona. And I did. And really, really loved getting to know so many people. I feel very fortunate that I did kind of make that change. And I think I was kind of a wild child, at least for the first couple of years. I mean, I definitely was like out a lot. um, And for the first time was prioritizing social over academics. Came in thinking I was pre-med. I remember started off as like a bio major with environmental studies had always been a real science person. And then my dear friend, Sharon Spatz, who was an engines major, recommended religion one as a humanities um, class to take to distribution, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I took that and was like blown away because for the first time in my academic or like intellectual life and career, I was kind of given this idea of like no absolute truth. Like there are just so many different philosophies and there may be some overlaps for how to see the world, but suddenly it wasn't kind of the certainty that I always felt like science had for me had had and kept going with religion and feel like I really at Dartmouth like embraced that new part of my personality too, of like sitting in the not knowing or not being sure anymore and really kind of, learning how to balance kind of always that curiosity and questioning and still moving kind of with some certainty through the world. Did you recognize that as such at that point? Did you know that's what's making this seem like the major I want to pursue? And did it have that kind of impact? I think at the beginning, I thought I was going to sort of scientifically get to some more certainty. Like I took a class with Professor Nancy Frankenberry, who I actually have stayed in touch with all these years. She's retired now, but called Modern Religious and Anti-Religious Thinkers. And we would read one work that would sort of be kind of prove the existence of God. And I was like, well, of course there's some sort of 
God-like entity out there. And then we'd read something by like Marx or, you know, some other philosopher where it's like, well, no, or Freud, like God is really just this thing in our head. It's our, you know, ego, super ego father figure. And so I just kind of was like bouncing back and forth, like, of course, and then not, and then sort of had this like, just moment of like, oh my God, maybe there's never going to be any certainty. And I feel like that made a big shift for me about how I like finished Dartmouth because I stopped after a pretty abysmal performance in organic chemistry, decided I wasn't pre-med. And suddenly there I was in the unknown of like, I don't know what I'm going to be when I leave here. And everyone was starting to do corporate recruiting. And I had an opportunity to be a UGA senior year, but also then had gone off and fallen in love with Europe I, on my FSP to Edinburgh for religion and realized I wanted to become fluent in German because I'd also done so abysmally traveling Euro railing with Erica Meitner and Sharon Spatz before we went on our fall junior year abroad and ended up also having the opportunity to do an FSP senior year, like get special permission to leave that winter and go pursue that and kind of head off into the adventure and the unknown and kind of more uncertainty. And so that's what I did and fell in love, fell in love with Berlin where I was, fell in love with a German guy. Um, (laughs) That helps the German language. (laughs) It certainly helped the German language and the love of the country and culture and all that. Realized that I wanted to get back to Europe and keep exploring. Like, I think that's kind of where I'd always been intellectually curious, but suddenly I was like, my God, there's like so much to know in the world about like, you know, what is this whole world about? And I do think studying religion really put me in that place of curiosity of like, I may never get all the answers, but there's so much to know and so much about the people that inhabit the world and like what motivates them. And, you know, religion and politics is such a big, rich, intertwined subject area. So yeah, ended up coming back and had all my friends kind of headed off to New York or, you know, for iBanking, consulting, advertising, like everybody was heading kind of off there to grad school or medical school, law school, what everybody does. And I had no idea what I was doing. And my German professor gave me an opportunity to apply for a scholarship to go back to Germany, which is what I wanted to do. And so I ended up, I applied to go to school in Munich to another year of university and was placed in Munich and had a great year there, but kind of couldn't figure out like, kind of just was like, oh, this was my year out of college. And now I'll go figure out what I want to do and came back to the U.S., um, my dear friend, John Peoples, had been at Columbia University doing a post-bac pre-med program in New York City. And I thought that sounded like a great idea to try to become a doctor again. And all my friends, my dear friends were, Dartmouth friends were there. So I went to New York, did that for one semester. Then was like, nope, nope, this isn't it. And ended up going into finance, like so many, to stay in New York. And then really was not super happy with that. Um, was like, nope, this isn't it either. So applied for a teaching Fulbright and ended up to go back to Berlin, to the guy, to the city, whatever, and was sent to Hamburg, Germany, <laughs> and headed off there after a couple years of New York. And after that year, which was incredible, I just thought, you know, I don't have to keep coming back to the US. Like, how do I stay here and find a job? And I did in Frankfurt. So never really got back to Berlin, but ended up in Frankfurt for a year and a half during the first kind of dot-com bubble 
over mm. there as well. And when it burst, I lost my job. I was working at a third-party recruiter, that recruiting company that recruited for finance companies, startups, and all the VCs, PEs over there um, from all the top MBA programs. So I've been kind of traveling around and meeting all sorts of interesting people and bringing them back to Europe and Germany and, and then lost that job and had my placement company place me finally up in Berlin at a German government agency that I'd been eyeing and was back in Berlin and absolutely loved being back there. I was doing foreign direct investment in the former Eastern German states for a German government agency. I think I've, I'm, I'm realizing I'm getting pretty far away from like your questions and just kind of jumping. Like with your questions, I think I'm still cobbling together. Like what is my narrative of everything that's gone on? Um, so just kind of catching myself in that and realizing that I'm still like working on kind of making sense out of everything. But um yeah, I ended up in Berlin loving it, but was there during 9-11 and that made me feel very far away from family and friends. And so came back to the US in late 2002, back to New York. Anyway, I like played around for a couple of years in New York trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was a bilingual executive assistant, essentially chief of staff, but more executive assistant, to be honest, at a German telecom company for the CEO of the Americas and was having a lot of fun in New York, but again, was like, wow, is this what I was going to end up doing? It's like, and that's when I was like, you know, I bounced back and forth between Europe and the US. I've worked for like German government stuff. I've done finance. I've, I mean, I, I felt like I had like been teaching and I was like, how do I tie this all together? And looked into randomly going to hotel schools in Switzerland because that sounded like fun and then thought, well, that's not really serious and grown up enough. So I also looked at MBA programs and master's in international affairs and public policy and ended up going to Johns Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies in 2004. A lot of, I mean, it was a great school, but a lot of it was that the first year was in Bologna, Italy and got me back to Europe. And, um, I loved what I studied there. I met such interesting people with just such a huge variety of international backgrounds. I mean, people from all over the world were in my program and ended up taking time off to go work, do consulting in London, spent some time there and then came back and went to Washington, D.C. to finish that master's. And anyway, I mean, I kind of fell out of that program thinking I was going to be working for an international think tank, but ended up at the Federal Reserve after realizing that I had a huge interest after I did an internship at the World Bank on financial regulations and how it really shaped international economics and economies and thought, okay, well, why don't I go work at the place that drives a lot of the economic policy in the U.S. to understand that more and joined there in August of 07, which is just when the whole financial crisis kicked off. Um, yeah, and worked there for five years uh, in the New York Fed ending up doing some working with some really bright people on, you know, the whole financial was like everything that kind of fed into the Dodd-Frank Act and then how to implement it. So it was a really great experience intellectually, but I wasn't really happy on like a soul level was working within the chief of staffs, like kind of this policy office for the president of the New York Fed and was like, well, this should be like, like where else could I be doing this kind of crazy work? And I should be so happy. This, this looks like kind of on my resume, like where I, like, where else would I go after this? And I just realized I needed to make a big change. So I hired for the first time a coach. I'd never looked at really like, what are my values? Like what are driving all these decisions? It seems so random. 
And so got really clear on what my values were and how I was pursuing them in the world, like in some cases skillfully, in some cases less skillfully, and kind of thinking through how I might make some more meaningful or better choices for myself. Can you share what some of those values were? Sure. I mean, I mean, one that I think sounds, it could sound trite, but is so important for me is beauty. And by that, it's like natural beauty. I mean, just aesthetic beauty and living in New York City and Manhattan. I mean, you can't get a place with better art museums. And I was enjoying that. But I realized that for me, that's nature. Mm -hmm. And like connecting to nature was also like spirituality was another one that came up, like needing to be connected to something bigger than myself and realizing again, nature. And so just was thinking, where can I go? You know, I think I need to be living in a place where I can connect more regularly and more easily to beautiful scenery. Making a distinction between, I thought I was, you know, being a Dartmouth, like I thought I was a real achiever. Like I thought achievement was important for me, but I realized I don't really care what other people think. Like, cause I feel like achievement is, there can be a component of like kind of looking around to recognition like yeah not necessarily yeah and not always but in for me and like making a discernment between achievement and excellence and for me i realized the important distinction between the two was i am focused on excellence which to me is like a very personal thing and like like it doesn't matter i actually prefer if people aren't focused on me or kind of looking looking to see what I'm up to. It's really just like this internal feeling of like, I really mastered something and I've, I feel like I've achieved a level of excellence and competency mm-hmm. in it. And I think in that there's from, I remember from some English class at Dartmouth, kind of the idea of all great stories are sort of man versus nature, man versus man or man versus himself and being like, oh my God, I'm all about like, woman versus herself. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like what I'm setting up to accomplish and getting there and feeling like, again, just like achieving some excellence in what I'm doing where I feel some personal pride. Yeah. So I'm sure at that point you were like, you were doing the dissection of, okay, all these choices I've made in the past, like which of those checks, which of these boxes, were they good decisions in hindsight, bad decisions mm-hmm. or not, not aligned, not bad decisions, but not aligned decisions. And all of that is useful, but it really is the prospective. What's right. next? Yeah. So what's, what's the process there? And does your experience having had to have a coach get you there, kind of inform your next steps? Yeah, I think definitely having the coach helped and started making me think maybe that's what I wanted to be. (laughs) Like help other people do that because that was such an interesting undertaking and process to go through. And I think was the first time I realized, like I felt like most of my life I'd been focused on the outer world, like exploring, like all my curiosity was about like adventuring and exploring and having experiences. And this was the first time it was introspective and really exploring and being curious about my own inner world and kind of realizing how vast that is. And then realizing how vast it is in everyone and kind of just feeling like kind of that slow pivot of like, huh, Like, where can I go with that? And honestly, that value of beauty, though, kind of the idea of being in nature trumped it all. I just was feeling so closed in by concrete. So ended up out here at the San Francisco Fed. Like that was something that just popped up 
during that coaching process and I jumped to get out here and knew within a, you know, the first year that it was, you know, still not it and knew I wanted to stay in San Francisco because I was out hiking, backpacking, I mean, just out cycling. I mean, I was hitting the outdoors as often and, and as hard as possible and exploring the state and then just realized, you know, I think a, a lot for me too is like connecting with people, like needing to feel really deeply connected with people was another value. So kind of like this deep emotional connection, depth, um, rather than kind of like the kind of the lighter social connections, you know, like quality over quantity and turned 40, walked out of the Fed, like within a couple of weeks, like as a month after my birthday, I walked out with no plans of what I was going to do, just knowing I couldn't be there anymore and was interviewing at like fintech companies and kind of all this, you know, stuff that was just becoming um, prevalent here and ended up taking singing lessons. Like I was like, I'm going to follow, I have six months about of savings. I'm going to follow just threads of interests that I've had for a long time and never pursued. And one of them was singing lessons and still no one would ever want to hear me sing. Like <laughs> maybe people who love me dearly would let me like tolerate it, but it was so something about like finding my voice in there, I think. Mm -hmm. But I met a wonderful PhD psychologist in my class who happens to now be my supervisor in private practice, seven, eight years later, who had lost her husband to a brain tumor, had three young sons, and had decided to set up a nonprofit to support families going through the same situation and really create community and have these family camps. And when she found out I'd done a lot of program and project management, asked if I might in my free time, since I wasn't working, want to help her set up and run her first family camp. And that was in fall of, it was like summer and fall of 2014. And um, I did that and thought this would be like a meaningful, and that was another thing I was on the quest for meaning, which mm -hmm. now I know like Carl Jung, Viktor Frankl, like everybody says you have like the midlife kind of pivot, the search for meaning and turning inward and ended up doing that with her and for her and ran the camp and looked around at all these, you know, doctors, nurses, therapists, artists, massage therapists, like all these people we got to musicians to, to hold these families for this weekend, make them feel so less isolated and alone in their experiences. And I was like, God, these are, these are my people. Like I'm still like, it might not be kind of doctor healthcare, but like I'm a helper. And how do I do this? And I still had, still had a lot of debt from my first master's, knew that I wanted to go back to school and be done as quickly as possible. And uh, also had my eye on a very specific two and a half year program that was a private school that I ended up going to and knew I needed to do a little more finance to make that work. So ended up at Wells Fargo came calling with a job. And so I took that for about four years. And while I did that, dipped my toe into the world of sort of helping people. I got certified as a coach and launched a little coaching business that I've had going while I went back to school um, and loved that, but realized I also wanted to go really deep with people. I think there's something so important in helping people figure out their careers and sort of issues that they've identified in their lives to move through. But I really love going deep with people. And so ended up going back to school just graduated in April of this year. 
yeah, ended up setting up private practice under my, this woman that I helped set up her nonprofit it was not expected, not planned. But when I reached out to look for opportunities, she said, call me. Um, and so kind of synchronistically, everything has fallen into place slowly, but surely. And I do feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be like for now, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the good perspective I think you've had since you have had so many leaps and jumps and Mm -hmm. being willing to just walk out without a plan or go to a different continent and not really know how you're going to get the job. You know that it's not forever. And again, sitting with that idea of not impermanent, you didn't say impermanence, but kind of along with the, yeah. yeah, along with the, you know, being okay with the unknown um, is this kind of sense that nothing's forever. It doesn't need to be at least. So that's great. Now, now <laughs> having done that work with, you know, on your own or maybe with others to say, I'm a helper. I want to connect deeply with people. Mm-hmm. Can you now go back to some of those other choices that you've made and go, oh, now I see why that wasn't quite right with this additional lens. Or there were always elements of the help and that's why I stayed longer than maybe I should have because it didn't have the beauty. I mean, are you able to kind of rank everything in these new lenses? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I almost feel like there was some self-forgetting. Like, I think there was the idea of feeling like a helper. I knew since I was a little kid, I, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And then there was something about choosing to go to Berlin senior year instead of becoming a UGA, sort of like the responsible helper position versus the explorer mm. thing that... And I don't think it's like, I don't think it's either or. I think it's like, I'm both. But it was just tilted more in the explorer trajectory for a couple of decades, I guess. Right. And so coming, it's almost like a homecoming. It's like coming back to myself and looking at what I did and like integrating it all, I think, rather than feeling like anything was wrong or I would have done anything differently. Because I am still an explorer and I'm very curious about, you know, people in the world and how how people in the world work. And I think that's like where I'm kind of deepening now just in a more um, micro way, like person by person, rather than feeling like I need to kind of launch myself somewhere entirely different. Yeah, I don't, I don't really regret any of, of those decisions. And I think what has always driven me even more, I mean, really, it's not for most of the time, it really wasn't about like being in a different country and land and kind of everything being foreign. It was always all about like, how, what can I understand about people in the culture? And really, I mean, I have deep abiding friendships with people from every place I've been. And that to me is much more important than like, you know, how many Oktoberfests that I go to or, you know, crazy stories I have from there. And, and granted, there are some great stories with great friends, but yeah, I really think it's about not making different choices, but like, how did everything cumulatively get me here? Because I don't think I would have ended up here had I not made all those choices. And there's, I think I've heard somebody say before, like you, you fail forward, like failing forward. And I kind of was going to like say that or feel like that was a theme. And I'm like, but none of it's failure. Like, right. Well, something early that you said, Jenny, was that when you even got to college, you decided to try on a new persona. But it wasn't a false persona. It was just a persona that you hadn't had the ability, maybe in high school, to wear, you know, in front. Mm -hmm. And so 
I feel like when you were making decisions, it wasn't that any of them were wrong. It was, who am I going to put out there out front now or lean into? Or, and then none of the decisions were, well, this is wrong. It was, what else? What's next? Mm-hmm. You know, what other aspect can I, you know, give life to and let unleash into the world, you know? Yeah. And I think that's likely what you're doing with your clients now, right? Is allowing them to figure out we're we're just accumulation of all of these persona, personae. Mm-hmm. And which one is more appropriate for now? Who do you need more? But they're all there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think most importantly, like how do we accept all of them? Like how do we sort of embrace and integrate all of them and, you know, realize that sort of there's a, a whole theory of internal family systems of parts that we're all made up of different parts. And like they've all been trying to help us kind of survive and thrive. And some have been more successful than others but they're all these parts that are, you know, that we're made up of and just making space to hold them all sort of with compassion, if not love. Yeah. And I think you were probably very well served with all of those religion classes where, you know, there's no absolute truth. We're making our truths as we go along. Mm. Um, And it sounds like you have done that. You're a great role model for those of us who are maybe holding too tightly to one truth or another, Mm. but It's lovely to have heard this part of your path and how it wound through various times and spaces. Mm -hmm. And thanks so much for sharing. Yeah, thank you so much for allowing me to share. I feel like your kind of summary and reflections of what I've been up to are helpful. I'm like, oh, is that what it's been? I like like the way that sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. It should sound good. Yeah. That was Jenny Tranter, who's leaning into the calling of supporting individuals' journeys of transition and transformation after having navigated many of her own. She is a registered associate marriage and family therapist, a registered associate professional clinical counselor in the state of California, and a therapist of accelerated experiential dynamic psychotherapy, as well as an internationally certified integral coach. You can find out more at Jenny Tranter, J-E-N-N-I-E-T-R-A-N-T-E-R.com. And as always, you can find more guest transformational stories at roadstakenshow.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, following, rating, and reviewing so that others can find us, those guests, and me, Leslie Jennings Rowley, on future episodes of Roads Taken. Roads Taken.